Amen. I want you to turn around and say hello to somebody today. Hello. Happy Father's Day to you. All right. All right. Everybody, you may be seated and all together, all together, I would like to say to you, Happy Father's Day. And so on three, I want you to turn around and say Happy Father's Day. One, two, three. Happy Father's Day. Amen. Have a blessed, happy, wonderful Father's Day all day long. Now, how many of you, my hand's up, how many of you got spoiled today already? All right. All right. That's a, that's a good percentage. How many of you are looking forward to getting spoiled? My hand's raised. Today. Raise your hand. All right. And you're not going to be disappointed because uh, this is a special day for you and for everyone. We've got some guests here today. Randolph, who are these fine-looking folks with you today? Yes. And we are glad to see you again. We've met before. Amen. Let's give them a hand. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. And we know this young lady who is sitting next to Neil. All right, Neil, who is this young lady? Oh, that's sweet. All right, give a hand, give a hand, give a hand. All right, all right. Now, um, Russ and Judy, who's the, who's the young girl that's sitting with you? Okay, Rhonda, God bless you. And Rhonda, Rhonda where did you drive from? Where did you come from? Roanoke, all right. That's a little bit of a drive, all right. So we got New York and Roanoke, and these folks are, are local, right? From right, right on here, right, right, good, good to see you. All right. Now, on the back row, this, this is quite a gathering. We've got Grace. Would you please uh, tell, of course, we want to start with Daddy over here, but, but uh, we see him frequently. But go ahead and, and introduce the row. Yes, and, and one from Fredericksburg. All the way from Fredericksburg. Right? All right. Very good. So good to see you. Let's give a hand, all right? Very good. All right. I'm coming over here. Any special guests? Any special guests? All right. I'm looking around. Any special guests? Any special guests? Usuals? Oh, who are these folks over here? Sweetheart. My, my beloved, at the, at the keyboard, would you uh, introduce our special guests over here? And Jackson is with, with Tony, Tony O. Okay. He's with Tony O right now. Yeah. And then uh, son Chase is with his other grandparents in Nevada. Okay. So, but we're so glad. Yes. They came in, and uh, we are so glad they're here. And I think California is a little further than New York, maybe. A little further than Florida. All right. In fact, uh, California is in its own class, right? Yeah, let's give them a hand. Amen. Fantastic. Make sure everybody's got cards to fill out. We've got visitor packets back here. All right, so let's make sure all the guests that have been introduced have a visitor card. And uh, if you haven't got a, um, a bulletin, you should have one because in it are a number of good things, folks, that um, certainly will encourage and edify you and build you up. 
Uh, we'll have more to say in just a few moments about some of the things that we're doing. We'll distribute some things in just a little while. But uh, we want to find out right now everybody who is a dad. Everybody who is a dad. Would you please stand? I'm standing. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. All the dads. Stand up. Stand up, dads. Stand up, dads. And, and as we have said so often, you're a dad to anybody that you're a dad to. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a biological connection. So if you're a dad, you're standing. And how we want to say God bless you. It is wonderful to have you here. And may God enable you to be that hero that God wants you to be. God, God bless each one of you. Give them a big hand. You may be seated. All right. Very good. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you so much. All right. Now we're going to find out among the dads who's got the most kids. we got a couple of kids, and we've had a lot of, a lot of kids over the years that were kind of surrogate kids, but we raised two who in turn have done a good job of raising their kids. Very proud of them. So if, um, if you are a dad and, um, and you have either five kids or have raised five kids as if your own, so they're included, you've got a combination of at least five kids. Raise your hands. Five kids, five kids. Who's got five kids? All right, we've got Russ back here. We've got Abelino. All right, got Vafumba. All right, who else? Anybody else with more than five? All right, let me find out how many. Vafumba, how many? Five. Very Five girls. I am not even going to comment. What a blessing that is. We have one granddaughter out of the whole crew, and that is, wow, amazing. Vafumba, you continue to amaze me. Vafumba works at the Liberian Embassy, and uh, he received Jesus. Uh, through our visitation outreach, came, got baptized. He is a member in good standing of our church. And uh, if I ever need anything at the Liberian Embassy, I know who I'm going to call. <laughs> the man with five daughters. All right. All right. Okay. All right. We're going we're gonna to come across. Abelino, uh, how, many, how many children? How many children? Six. Six children. Amen. That is fantastic, Abelino. That is great. That is great. Now, we're, we, we see Grace all the time. Is, is Grace the oldest, the youngest, in the middle, or, or what? No, uh, Iris is the oldest girl. I thought she was the youngest. I thought she was like your niece. Freddie is the oldest. Okay, Freddie's the oldest. All right, Freddie. Okay, man. All right. Baby. Yeah, baby next to you. You're in the middle. In the middle. In the middle. Special people. We appreciate them. Give them a big hand, all right? Okay, Russ, by the ground rules, they don't have to be your biological children. Children that you had a, a, a strong instrumental part in raising. How many total kids? Six. Six kids. Wonderful. Fantastic. And you got one represented today. She is... I was going to say the youngest, no doubt. <laughs> All right, let's give Russ a hand. Amen. Of course, nobody can do it alone. Thank you, all you ladies that help 
uh, and do such a wonderful job being mom. Um, let's talk about grandpas for a second. Can we do grandpas? All right. So if you are grandpa, I got my hand raised. All right. Would you, would you, uh, would you raise your hand if you're a grandpa? Wait, raise your hand if you're a grandfather. If you're a grandfather. And, and they call us Papa, Poppy, whatever. Um, um, Papa, um, Papa, something like that. Right? What are, what are the things? Papi? Abuelo? That's, that means... Okay, right. But it also means we're old, right? Gris, see, see, see. All right, okay. Let's find out, grandpas, if you've got five or more, raise your hands. All right. Keep your hand up. Six, seven, eight. Nine. Oh, we got some hands raised. Got some hand raised. Okay. All right. Who's got their hands up for, for nine or more? Nine or more. Nine or more. Nine or more. Okay. Let's go. Abelino. How many? Eleven. Wow. Fantastic. All right. Okay. Anybody else besides Russ? Anybody else besides Russ? Anybody else besides Russ, how many? Twelve. Twelve. Let's give both of them big hands. 11 and 12 grandchildren on Father's Day. Father's Day. And um, let's go great-granddads. All right, great-granddads. Anybody here a great-grandfather? If so, raise your hand. Great-grandfather, great-grandfather, great-grandfather. All right, I got two. Do I have more than two? Got two, got two. All right, how many great-grandkids, Abelino? Fifteen great-grandkids. How many, Russ? All right. Well, I tell you what. Work on it. Work on it a little bit. Catch up to Abelino. Let's give them a big hand. Amen. Fantastic. Can I, can I do something right now? All right. Coach, come up here. Come up here. Come on. Come on up here. Come on up here. This is my other son in the faith. This is Coach Nate Murphy. You already know that legally I can't stand up and say vote for him. But he's running for supervisor. All right? And if I'll say this. If elected, he'll do a really fantastic job. You got 30 seconds worth of talk? Can you talk to us for 30 seconds? What do you, what do you want to do for this area? What do you want to do? Number one thing I think is uh, make sure we're led by God, right? That's the number one. Thing. Amen. Uh, once once uh, I'm on his track and following him, it'll be a little bit easier. But the, the other part is just helping to reduce our crime that's going on in our community. Yeah. Right? And then bringing us together. And I think filling this house of worship was a good starting place. Yeah. So for me, that's what I'll be doing as supervisor is using faith to guide me, but also using the policies that we man has for us to get through. That's, uh, Amen. That's, that's 30 seconds, and that's a mouthful. God bless you. I love you, buddy. Amen. God bless you. Nate got saved here, got baptized here. Amen. And uh, he's coach at uh, Hilton High School. Uh, the Hilton, what's, what's the mascot? The Hilton? The Bulldogs. All right, like a bulldog. All right, very good. And I thought that's appropriate on Father's Day to talk about our spiritual kids, too. We got lots of those around. And praise God for each one of them. Now, Here's what we're going to do. We're going to ask dads and lads, men and boys, men, uh, men and young men. Everybody, 
that's here can make a joyful noise. And we like to have uh, a classic, I mean, a very classic number uh, that we, we're going to present for you. Uh, what we do is we have an impromptu group. So if you are male, and we trust you know that, all right, if you are male, uh, I want you to come up and help me with the classic in just a moment. You're going to bring your, 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 uh, your burgundy book, and we're going to sing a song that is well known, so you won't be up here just uh, struggling, but you'll know this song. And uh, so all the men, all the young men, all the dads, all the lads, if you are male, then come on. I want you to come on up right now. Bring your, bring your burgundy book. If you need a hand getting up the steps, we'll get you up the steps. If you need a chair, we'll get you in a chair. Come on up. Come on up. Fill the choir loft. What a good-looking group, if I do say so myself. Amen. They're going to find their places up here. We're going to have a good singing group. Get pictures, yes. Lots of pictures now. All right? Get, get a picture. Okay, good. All right, good. Good, good. Come on up, guys. Come on. Come on. Fantastic. Fantastic. All right. You going to get a picture? Get a picture of this. All right. All right. Come on, Abelino. You want to sit on the front? You want to come up? You want to sit on the front? Sit on the front? Okay, you can sit on the front and sing. That's it. You can get a picture? Come on, get a picture. Folks, get a picture. All right, get everybody settled. Get everybody settled. Tell them what you're doing. I'm going to give a verbal introduction. Okay, a verbal introduction. His name was George Bernard. He got saved, led to Jesus Christ the old-fashioned way, asked Jesus in his heart. He was never the same. He worked at the beginning for the Salvation Army in the days when the Salvation Army was saving lost souls. George Bernard began to be an evangelist in 1898, the same same year that my grandfather went as a pioneer missionary to Venezuela. George Bernard began to travel the Midwestern states of the United States. He was a musician. In his lifetime, he wrote lyrics and music to over 300 songs. But the song that gave him the biggest challenge was the song that we're going to sing. It's a classic. He was, in the year 1910, ordained as an itinerant evangelist. And he was in a revival in Michigan, in a place called Albion. My wife and I have visited this location. And in and around 1912, he wrote the beginnings of this song, but did not finish it until the next year. On June the 7th, 1913, for the first time in public, it was played. It had been strummed on a guitar, actually written using the guitar originally. But eventually it was guitar, a five-voice choir, and then an organ joined in, and they sang, as our men are going to sing for you now, this great hymn of the faith, the old rugged cross.
our dads and lads a big hand. What a wonderful rendition. Now I'm going to ask that you take your book, number 56. We're going to sing that first stanza and that chorus. Everybody stand up on a hill, on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. And all God's people said, Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I'm going to need four ushers very quickly to come. And we are going to distribute to every male in the building now one of these special keychains. And it's like a bookmark. It's got our scripture on it. And then it's got a navigational theme. So each and every one of you get one. And uh, if there's somebody who is out sick today, certainly you can take an extra one for them as well. We've got extras down front, and we have distributed these all around and everywhere. And so glad that we can do that. And we've said today that our theme is that it's navigational. And we're looking to equip by the grace of God, through the Word of God, by the Spirit of God, all the dads and everybody else who follows their good godly example to navigate the uncertain seas of life. All right, I hope everybody gets theirs, and then just look this way. How many of you saw the devotional from the Shepherd of the Sheep this morning with the preacher singing the original song, Just the right blend of leader and friend, that's what a dad ought to be. Toil and recreation in right combination, that's what a dad ought to be. And there's a second verse also. But the chorus goes like this that I wrote. Lord, let me be a father like Thee, guiding my children to a maturity. May they ever see Your likeness in me. That's what a dad ought to be. And that's it. God wants us to model the attributes that He reveals concerning Himself through the Word of God and as we are equipped by the Holy Spirit, as we have Him imparted in our life, we want to live out before a lost and dying world what a dad ought to be. Please notice on the front of your bulletin a scripture. It's found in the book of Jeremiah. And I hope that you will uh, turn there with me or at least read off the front of the bulletin <clears throat> where it says, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. Are you getting it today? Blessed is the man. Now, blessed man, we find elsewhere. We find that in Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. 
We held up our Bibles as we began today. We believe that the Bible is the Word of God. But it's not just something to gather dust on the coffee table or on the shelf at home. The Bible is to be uh, taken in. We're to get into the Word of God until the Word of God gets into us. How many of you believe that? Amen. I hope you're reading your Bible through this year and use the app that we've provided for that reason, uh, for that special purpose. The men of faith, the women of faith that are found listed in that Hebrews 11 chapter of the heroes of faith, those men and women were people who took God at His word and believed what God said. Are you listening to me? You and I are never going to be blessed and successful until we take time alone with God. And we allow God to speak to our heart. And we take into our heart, into our very core, the Word of God. Instead of doing what our gut tells us, or doing what the world says to do, or doing what we're advised by the latest advice-giving person, and there are a dime a dozen out in the world, you have... You have celebrities and professional athletes speaking on political issues, and while they have a right to do it, they're not experts. And what I'm telling you, when it comes to life, there is only one source of absolute truth, and that is the Bible. Amen. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord. What the Bible says, not what you feel, not what you think, but what the Bible says. Now let me ask you a question. Look this way. Look this way and get this. Do you know, beyond any doubt, if you died right now, that you'd go to heaven. Do you know that? Have you been born again? Have you received Christ as your Savior? But the way you know that is because the Bible says so. That's it. The Bible tells me so, the kids sing. That's how you know. You don't know it because you feel it or you think it. You know it because the Bible says it. God declares it to be so. God cannot lie. If he ever did, he would cease to be God. He would only be God if he is the truth. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord for everything, for salvation, for sustenance, for uh, our security. And we're talking about people today who have their life plan given to them by God, which is why if they depend upon the Lord for that strength, they will achieve that goal and success, here's success, write it down. Success is not a billion dollars or a million dollars or even a thousand dollars or even a dollar. Success is knowing and doing the will of God. The will of God is found in the Word of God, so get into the Word until the Word gets into you. This is the only way that you can have joy. This is the only way that you can truly be successful and achieve what God wants you to achieve. Now we've used the navigational theme. You got a, a boat on the front, and I don't even know. Is that a yacht? Is that what that is on the front of the bulletin? Is that a yacht? Is that a skiff? What is what is the difference between a, a yacht, a skiff, and a boat? Anybody know the difference? Any boating people here? Anybody got enough money, but you just never have? Okay. Because um, it, it takes a lot of money. I mean, you think your parking space, wherever you park your car is expensive? You You... Go check out the parking space rates for boats. Okay, it's expensive. It's expensive. Now, I don't know much about that, but I know, I know what God says. And He says that life's seas can be uncertain. We have songs that are written along those lines, but the Scripture is very clear that there's going to be waves, there's going to be, there's going to be storms, there's going to be wind, there's going to be all those things. And we've got inside of us the Lord Jesus Christ 
who is the master of the sea and of the wind, and he stands up and he says, peace be still. And he can, he can still the storms in your life. Praise God for that truth. When you trust in the Lord, you're not depending upon what you think, what you feel, uh, what somebody may have told you, what you've observed, what you've imitated, but rather you're trusting the Lord. He is your source. He's your resource. He's inside of you. And whose hope the Lord is, that man, that person that's being spoken of in Jeremiah 17, 7, is a, is a person who knows how to navigate life's seas as uncertain as they are because they know the one who is the master of the seas. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. We, we're talking about a person who leaves a godly legacy. Come back tonight. We'll get more into that in some detail. But the ideal man or woman of the Bible is... Uh, is by the Spirit, through the Word of God, an example that we can follow. Now, how many of you have ever heard uh, the old pirate? What, what are, the, what are the, the, uh, the, the letters that the pirate knows? He doesn't know all the letters of the alphabet, but he knows what? R, I, what's the other one? A, I don't know, I'm not sure, but he's got all that down. And... Uh, if you got the outfit and you can get those letters, you got it made. But they, they frequently say, I, I've, uh, or, I've, I've sailed the seven seas. How many of you heard that? Seven seas. Do you know I have tried to identify geographically what the seven seas are? And that is a saying, that is a saying because seven is all, always used as a, uh, a number of, uh, a superlative number a number of completion. So, seven seas. I've actually looked this up and studied it out. A sea, as defined in its usage, may be a body of water that flows into another body of water. It's kind of hard. There's no border there. There's no wall there. And so, you know, you have things like the South China Sea. You know what I'm saying? You've got the Atlantic Ocean, the Pacific Ocean, Arctic, Antarctic. You've got South and North. You've got all of these different... You've got the Mediterranean Sea. You've got the Caspian Sea, the Black Sea. All these different seas, you know, and you've got, you've got inland bodies of water that are large and would qualify as a small sea. You've got the Sea of Galilee. And I was told this by an expert. There are over 50 bodies of water on this planet that would qualify to be called some kind of a sea. So we're not talking about the seven seas today. You say, oh, I, 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 I feel there may be a long message in this. Because I'm going to play on words and I'm going to talk about some things that start with the letter C. But they're not just seven and there's not 50. I'll promise you that, okay? So, so we, need to, we need to learn to navigate those seas. And, and we're going to start out with this right here. And it starts with a C. It doesn't sound like a C. It's a C-H. But before the foundation of the world, God knew us. He knew Jeremiah before he was formed in his mother. God knew we would come to this planet. God knew everything that would happen in our lifetime because he is a sovereign God and he knows everything. And so you and I, as the Bible refers to those that have come to know the Lord through faith in Jesus Christ, are a chosen nation. We're chosen people. God has chosen. He has decided. And he has, He's done something. He has reached out to us, which is amazing because God is not uh, limited by time and space. But He has transcended time and space 
And in, in the person of Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, He has come down in a body and He has experienced everything that you and I will ever feel or experience and yet without sin. And he, with this in mind, because He knows everything about us and he, he has experienced everything that we have experienced, He has a very special connection to us, okay? Keep, keep, write down all these C's. He has a connection to us. He has chosen... He has chosen to connect with us, and He has done so through the Christ, who is the incarnate one. Jesus Christ was in eternity past because He is God, but He volunteered to come and take our place, and He came to earth. And so when He came to earth, God gives us an open invitation, and God calls us, and God is calling us with a, with a, with a warm a drawing, loving calling. He cares about mankind. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. He cares for us. And after we're saved, the Bible refers to those who are His own as His children. And He says that He pitieth us as a father pitieth His children. He looks down on us and He sees what we need and He provides for us. I'm drawing you a picture with a lot of letter C's in it. And... Uh, as we navigate those seas, it is our privilege and responsibility as dads and grandfathers to express to our children the following facts. Listen to me. This world didn't just happen randomly. This world was created by the Creator God. This world was created special with a purpose. And God created us with a purpose. And He's called us. He's chosen us. He cares for us. And uh, He is... He is drawing us to Himself, and then by grace, as we see Jesus Christ, the one who takes our place, the one who is our substitute, why we experience a thing known as salvation. We're converted, and, uh, and He continues to work in us. As Paul said, uh, that which He hath begun in you, He will continue to perform until the day of, sal of, of our deliverance when we're caught away from here, and He does that in us. He has built into us the potential to become what God wants us to become and thus to do what God wants us to do. Nobody is here accidentally. Everybody is here on purpose. Now, a dad who will tell his kids the truth, you didn't just randomly happen. You're not just an accident of biology. God has a purpose for you. God knows who you are and what you can be, and He will provide the wherewithal for you to make a great difference. Nobody is here just to use up resources. God didn't put you on this planet just so that we could breathe all the air and drink all the water, destroy all the resources, and then exit. God placed us on this planet to make an eternal difference in the lives of other people whose paths we cross. And I know that my purpose in being here on this planet is to do exactly and precisely what I'm doing this morning as I stand in this pulpit and I declare the truth that God is the God of the Bible and He loves you more than you know and He wants to save you and He wants to introduce you to a life that wins, that succeeds by knowing and doing the will of God. I'm so glad for dads that are leaders, good leaders, godly leaders. Dads need to step up. Grandpas need to step up. Great-grandpas need to step up. Now, I'm not, I'm not excusing the ladies as I say this, but I'm saying 
We need to fill the gap. We need to turn this thing around. And it starts at home. And Coach Nate, I want you to know you are on the right track. And you are you're helping people to see what the right track is. It begins with God. And that means we can't just do this thing. When I go knocking on the door, I was talking about it in Sunday school, and a man comes to the door and he's all sleepy. He's half, you know, half the day's gone and he's half asleep. And maybe he worked all night, I don't know. But when I say I'm Pastor Winninger from Central Baptist Church and I'd like to talk to you, he says, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's my wife's department. We need to stop shoving it off on somebody else. Right here, right at our feet, that's where the buck stops. That's where the responsibility is. Our kids, our family members, our neighbors need to see Jesus Christ in us. And that begins when we let God have His way. The, the more leadership ability a person has, the more quickly he recognizes leadership or a lack of it in others. So when a dad steps up, God gives him that special infilling. And he can see in his own children what's necessary and what he as a dad needs to be to help fill the gap, to help, it, uh, become, to help the child become what he or she ought to be before God. That's it. When we give the invitation today, there ought to be some dads down here, some men down here that are saying, Lord, help me to be the dad, a godly dad, to leave a godly legacy, to see in my children what you want them to become and help me to, to help them to become all that they ought to be before God. It's not how much money you make. It's not much, how much prestige. It's not how much power you have. It's how much yieldedness we have to the will of God in every child ought to have a godly dad. Every child ought to have the opportunity to grow up in a home like that, where they can be converted, where they can see that process of development take place because dad has decided that there's something more important than making money. It has to do with living out that godly character. Character is always lost when a high ideal is sacrificed on the altar of conformity and popularity. It's not about being popular. It's not about being conformed and doing what everybody else does in the way that they do it. It's about finding the perfect will of God for our life, our purpose on this earth, and then doing it no matter what. And I'll tell you this, God helping me, I'm going to die trying. I am going to die. If, if, if I don't achieve whatever it is that I'm supposed to achieve, you'll know when I pass that I was on my way to trying to to, by the grace of God, do that thing that God wanted me to do. That's it, absolutely and entirely. On this Father's Day, God is calling some to be saved. He's calling some to, to, to be uh, surrendered. And He's calling some to serve. He's calling some to sustain. He's calling some to, to allow Him to work through them and, and represent security for that family because our hope is in the Lord. Our future is in the Lord uh, it's not in ourself, and so we look to God. And as dad, as mom, as others in this community look to God, that's where the strength of the home, of the community, of the church is. It's in the amount of dependence that we have upon Almighty God. That's it. God doesn't look at the things that man looks at. He doesn't look on the outward appearance. He looks on the heart. God knows today if your heart is right. God knows today if you want to live for Jesus God has a program of character development for each one of us. He wants others to look at our lives and say, I don't see Him. I see God walking in His shoes. I see God talking. I see God working through Him. I see God wherever I see Him or I see her go. He walks, she walks with God. They live like Jesus Christ. 
I see Jesus Christ oozing out of every pore. That's what this world needs to see. Jesus in you and in me. Maybe that you brought up in a home where God was not acknowledged. Jesus Christ was not on the throne. That's all right. It's all right today. You can't look back and say, well, that's my excuse for being ungodly. That's my excuse for being the way I am and not living right, not doing right, not treating people right. That's wrong because God's in the saving business. God's in the changing business. God's in the transformative business. And even if you got a bad start, even if you came up the wrong way, even if there was something that wasn't right, there's somebody standing your way right now who says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly. And a lot of people don't understand what that means. A yoke is a two-sided uh, contraption that's placed on two animals, on two creatures that are pulling together. And they have, to be, they have to be equal. They have to be about the same size. You can't put a, an ox and a chicken together. It doesn't work that way. But two about the same size pulling together, you see. And here's what Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. He says, my burden is light. He says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. After you come to God through Jesus Christ, Jesus says, here I am, I'm under one side, you get on the other, and I will take the steps and you take the steps, and I'll go this direction and you go that direction, and, and we will work together and I will train you and I will work you. The greatest discipling program in the world is when a person says yes to Jesus in salvation and surrenders in their life and allows Jesus Christ to guide them and direct them. You know how we learn how to talk right? From Jesus. You know how we learn how to act right? From Jesus. You know how we learn how to decide right? From Jesus. That's it. We need to yield to God. We need to say yes to Jesus in salvation. Say yes to Jesus Christ in surrender. Say yes to Jesus Christ in service. It's just that simple. You're not going to necessarily come up in a home where the Father is godly. But when you get saved, you've got a heavenly Father now. And you've got guidance and direction by the Spirit through the Word of God. And there is no excuse. You can navigate those uncertain seas. Whether a dad or not. Whether you're a man or a woman. A boy or a girl. It doesn't matter. You can say yes to the Lord today. Would you bow your head and close your eyes, please? Every head bowed, every eye closed. How many of you today would say, Preacher, something in that message spoke to my heart. Slip your hand up high. Something spoke to my heart. Amen. Amen. Are there decisions you want to make? If there are, I want you to do this when the music is played in just a moment. I want you to come from where you are, find a place down here, kneel or sit, have a word of prayer, go back to your seat and say, Lord, help me to be the father, the mom. Help me to be the dad. Help me to be the grandfather. Help me to be the great-grandfather. Help me to be the person you want me to be. Help me to be the Christian that I ought to be. Help me to be the worker that I ought to be. And you allow the Lord to have His way and impart uh, the fullness that He has for you. And you can do what you ought to do if you'll become who you ought to be by letting the Lord have His way in your heart and life. It may be that you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Would you pray right now? Where you are, from your heart, would you pray to God and pray something like this? Dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I deserve to pay for my sins. I believe Jesus died to save me. Right now I receive the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart as my personal Savior. Please take away my sins and take me to heaven when I die. are here for the purpose of, of putting it in music. It was written, of course, many years ago 
But um, <clears throat> we have a song that I think will touch hearts and bring that meaning home to you. Bye. 